Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Southern Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, <clears throat> here on February 2nd. It's a Thursday, 2023, Charlotte, North Carolina, around 1 p.m. I hope everyone is doing well. Here I am. Uh, today, obviously, we'll be going over... We'll be talking about a little bit about the last UFC card, but... We'll mostly just be going over what's going to be happening this weekend with Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak in the main event of Fight Night. And um, we'll go through that card. There's some pretty good fights and then some pretty not known names. But the reason being is the fights are at 1 a.m. Reason being, I have no idea. I don't even know where they are. But they're at 1 a.m. in the morning. So, if you can stay up for that, good on you. I'm probably just going to catch them in the morning. But, before we get into all of that, let's go ahead and, well, one, you can follow all my socials and everything at Southern Scrap Nation, as well as going to the website, southernscrapnation.com. If you're looking to train, I'm here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I take one-on-ones as well as uh, group classes in my gym. I work with fighters as well as everybody, um, kids, adults, anyone that's looking to develop a skill, have a new fun way to exercise, or just learn martial arts. You can catch all that, Southern Scrap Nation, Instagram, Facebook, all above. On top of that, we have our fighter Xavier Lundy fighting next weekend in Myrtle Beach at UBG, Underground Battle. No, Underground battle underground Battlegrounds or something. Um, promotion put on to by Derek Brunson, who is UFC, you know, fighter, middleweight, contender, as well as Wilmington local. Lives in Florida, trades in Florida. All right. So, you know what? This is not doing anything for me, so I'm going to go ahead. And... <laughs> All right. I thought I was going to be able to hear myself, but turns out I can't. Let's go ahead and look at some news real quick. Uh, we can also talk about the last UFC card. Congrats to Jamal Hill for doing it in Brazil, getting the championship. Kind of botched that card. It's not the reason why I didn't talk last week. It's more the reason why, uh, no, there was nothing last week as far as cards go, so I didn't really talk about it. Um, but yeah, I didn't really get any of my bets except for not bets, but picks and predictions, except for Gilbert Burns, who made it look easy and Jessica Andrade, because those are pretty, to me, in my mind, at least with Jessica Andrade and Gilbert Burns, those are pretty favorable matchups. Um, yeah, I thought Figgy and Glover were going to be able to get it done in Brazil, but Nope. Nope. Uh, I it was a they have it listed as KOTKO. Brandon Moreno actually did something pretty sneaky when he threw a hook. And this comes with experience in MMA, considering the gloves are going to be quite different than boxing gloves, or kickboxing gloves, or whatever striking sport. The gloves are weird. They're small. They're four ounces, and your fingers are extended out. They're like cut off finger. 
fingerless gloves, right? That being said, doesn't mean you can't attack with the parts of your finger that are exposed. So when Brandon threw that hook, instead of throwing it a traditional like hook or hook, however you want to do it, he threw it at the side. Now in boxing and kickboxing, you normally wouldn't do that considering your thumb, the thumb piece is in a weird position and it's very exposed in a boxing glove. You're... That's why Floyd has so many hand problems. That's why a lot of boxers have hand problems is because unless you're closing your fist, which you can do in MMA gloves, in boxing, you always find yourself like this. You find yourself with your hands in a curl, like you're you're gripping onto something rather than a fully enclosed hand. So you never are able to, unless you force yourself to close your fists. Um, in the same way, there's always going to be like a little bit of padding or something. Now, I can hit with the bare sides of my knuckles in MMA, and those, just like Chimaev does when he does ground and pound, he attacks with the lower knuckles and uses those to cut his opponents. And as we saw with Brandon Moreno did very effectively, he used the side of his thumb to create a huge gash on the eye and then subsequently stopping the fight. As much as they have it as a KO, TKO. It's a doctor stoppage. In the words of Conor McGregor, doctor stoppage. Uh, and then you have Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill just did it, you know, switch stance. Never made it easy for Glover to just get a takedown and proceed to do jujitsu. Jamal's got that dog in him. We saw it in the Thiago Santos fight anyways. So um, he proved his dog even more against Glover Teixeira. So congrats to Jamal Hill. Um, I guess Jerry Prohoshka is next or whoever at light heavyweight. I wanted Alex Pereira, Pereira, but he's slated to fight Israel for a second time now. I would have rathered like the, the two, but I guess what he could do, have a fight with Israel and then decide, but then the matchup might be different. It might be Jerry. It might be Jan. It might be Magomed. It might be Jamal. It doesn't, who knows? Who knows by the time all that's said and done. Um, it just would have been a good stylistic matchup for Alex, as well as a good opportunity for him to grab two belts. Alright, so before we get into breaking down the fights from for this next weekend, let's look at some news, see if I can get on any tangents. Oh, uh, this weekend Fedor is fighting for the last time. For those that don't know, The Last Emperor, uh, Fedor Emelianenko is in the world of what people consider greatest of all time heavyweight. Kind of gets lost now because the heavyweight world is different. He fights a bell tour when he was the king of all of it in, uh, in Pride. That was kind of the main MMA show to watch. Along with a little bit of USC, but pride was it. Pride never dies. Um, he's fighting for the last time. He goes down as, in some people's mind, as the GOAT because of the resume he had and all the people that he beat. Arguably, he beat some people out of their prime. For example, uh, he was out of his prime as well. But Frank Mir, right? When Frank Mir was on top of the world in the UFC... 
they never made that fight happen. But then he eventually fought Frank Mir and Bellator. And by that time, they were way older. So, and Fedor knocked him out. Would it have been the same? Possibly. But. Oh, sorry. We'll never know. Um, and for me, I, I love his style. He's a world champion Sambo practitioner, master of sport. He uses, he uses Sambo very advantageously in MMA by closing distance with uh, hooks and strikes. And then when, it, when you eventually collide as heavyweights do into a body lock or over under position, he's got traditional Sambo takedowns, upper body takedowns that he uses to take opponents down and either submit them or use ground and pound. The one thing about being a heavyweight is he doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of, even being, even being an undersized heavyweight as he is, it doesn't take a lot of power, at least from him, to be able to deliver devastating shots and knock most fighters out. Where I think there's a, where I don't think he's the greatest of all time is because heavyweights, when Cain Velasquez became the heavyweight champion, there was a, there's a shift in the way heavyweights were looked at. Before it was who was the biggest, most powerful guy. We're kind of getting back to that. Um, I think John's going to change, flip the script again. But then there was like this resurgence of, and Derek Lewis is actually to, to piggyback on this weekend's coming fight. Um, there was a shift where heavyweights weren't the it wasn't about who was the biggest, for example, Brock Lesnar over him. It was about who was the most athletic and fastest. So Kane would walk around at like 240, 230. He was a lighter heavyweight, 235, 240. And his speed plus his technique allowed him to knock out Chuck or knock out, not Chuck, knock out Brock Lesnar and other fighters that were bigger than he was. And then you saw he got knocked out by Junior Dos Santos, another lighter heavyweight. A guy who prioritized his speed of punching over his just power. And then obviously Kane came back, won the two rematches, pace, like weaponizing pace against him. But like I said, from then on, it was always these smaller heavyweights started picking up success. Verdum, not a big heavyweight. Actually, the first guy to stop Fedor on his long run in a long time went on to submit him. And then he had Stipe, who, in my opinion, off resume alone, I think is the greatest heavyweight of all time. Resume alone, because of his def number of defenses, people he defended it against, and then his wins over Daniel Cormier. Right? Because Daniel Cormier, resume-wise, has a pretty good case to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, heavyweight. However, Stipe's won those fights. So Stipe, in my mind, takes the cake for heavyweight. To me, title defenses in a division matter way more than... Like, for me, Demetrius Johnson's more of the flyweight goat because of his title defenses, his ability to reign as long as he did in that division. Because of 
so fighting a two way that's also that's where the the goat discussion goes is people go well he doesn't have two belts or he never went up and fought in my mind defending belts is way harder because of the lack of interest you're going to have as a champion to get up and get yourself to fight the next contender time after time and put up dominant performances and still have that fire in you to me is way more impressive than then than getting the motivation to just go up and get another belt. Being a double champ is an easy motivational tool. And then when you grab it, you typically it's never defended. Cejudo defended both once. But then becomes hard to juggle. Amanda Nunes does a pretty good job of it. Even then she's had She's had moments of, I might relinquish the 145-pound division, and then she lost the 135, had to regain it. It becomes a lot to juggle, and to me, you're not really focusing on just cementing a legacy. George, I guess, kind of cheated the system with having a long divisional reign, and then going up for one fight at middleweight and then never defending it. And I can kind of see that's how John's going. He's had a, such a long reign on the light heavyweight division to the point where I'm looking at the light heavyweight division right now. And obviously Jamal is the champion. But Jerry's just recovering from an injury. So Jerry's technically... But in my mind, it's like nothing can get it's going to take a very long time till that division is wiped from John's, like has John's essence on it. Like John's shadow still kind of looms over it where it's hard for me to take the division seriously. Whoever has the belt, because at one point Glover had it for a little bit, right? Glover had it, had the belt and we all saw what John did to him. Yawn had it, but you know, got beat by Glover, and it's just, what are these guys going to do if they struggle with Glover to share at 42, 43, against a guy who is arguably, only got arguably better, you know, physically and mentally. Aging, but aging gracefully. People want to talk about the ring rust of John, and I, you know, there's always that, but a, a guy with that, with his mentality, it's to me it's not ring rust, it's just a guy who, hasn't put his body through the ringer for the past couple of years and allowed himself to heal. I think it's more dangerous, to be honest. Um, so that's why, in my mind, is a little bit more of a goat than Fedor. But it's going to be fun to watch Fedor fight. Uh, ten, er, Friday? Saturday. Um... I'm probably going to watch Fedor over, wait until 1 a.m. to watch Derek Lewis, you know. I'm just saying, who is he fighting? Ryan Bader. So, you know, it's a pretty good fight. It's two names fighting each other. Ryan Bader probably will win, but Fedor has a way of just making it happen, you know. Let's look at this morning report. Aljermaine Sterling says he's fighting Henry Cejudo in May. Might move up afterwards. 
I don't know what Henry Cejudo does for you at 135. Doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, the TJ fight was, you know, TJ fight. It's more on TJ than it is on Algermain Sterling for the performance that TJ had. Yeah, Sean might be, if Sean can get his next fight against Cheeto. Cheeto, to me, seems like the fight against Aljamain. Cheeto or Sean, whoever wins that fight, I feel like Aljamain should fight that person and then move up. But whatever. I guess if you want to fight Henry Zudo, who's currently in Colombia right now doing stem cell research. I mean, he's back in the testing pool and we're doing stem cell research. Also, also, also... Also, also, all those people that travel to other countries and do stem cells and stuff like that, hey, not now, but sometime in the future, when testing gets better, we'll see. You want to say it's all stem cells and stuff like that. All right. All right. Hey, all right. We'll see if it's all microdosing. Something, and I'm not talking about psilocybin or anything like that. If anyone has a question of what I'm trying to imply or just or talk about, go to Joe Rogan and I think George, I think it's GSP. Let me, um, let me check real quick. I'm pretty sure he talks about before I. This is a long one. Um, you can't, yeah, you can't make accusations. But if anyone's wondering, it's this clip. Can't make any accusations. Joe Rogan, GSP on steroids, and Johnny Hunter. You can't make any accusations of steroids if you have no evidence. Unless you're Nick and Nate Diaz. Um, but he goes into detail about fighters going to other parts of the world and doing like gene therapy, essentially. I don't know how much of that's true, but when I see fighters travel to other parts of the country or, or actually other parts of the world where USADA has no jurisdiction, I put a, I put a flag in the air. When you see fighters that train outside of their homeland and they go to places that USADA has no jurisdiction, put a flag in the air. Love Thailand, guys. I love it. It's a great, great country. But I put my flag in the air. Because there are things that you can get over the counter there that you cannot get over here. All right. And if you cycle through something, I don't know how long it takes for a cycle to go through. I'm not more plates or dates or whatever. But I feel like there's shortcuts being taken because 
when you have something like USADA, for example, when people when people go to like when I went to military school and the way that I, I explain it the best is military school didn't necessarily help me become a better kid. Right? Obviously the things from military school that I took and they're things that they had they're good learning points and everything. Character development in a way. But it doesn't necessarily make you a better person. It just helps you not get caught with things. That's the way I like to say it. When there's so much of an authority figure watching over you, it's not that you stop doing those things that are you're told not to do. It actually just helps you learn how to navigate those stricter guidelines and find loopholes or find ways to exploit that system I'm not saying every fighter is doing that right some people just like training in thailand i totally get it i wasn't over there for like steroids or anything like that so i totally get it however not now but sometime in the future there will be something that comes out about about somewhere or something and when I see fighters go to this bio accelerant place, yeah, uh, 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 yeah, just has a little, uh, a little question, a little, just a little, a little curious, like fighters that aren't active. Whatever. doesn't matter. Fighters after... Like, I see a lot of fighters after they're done fighting. They go to those places for whatever chronic injuries they have or injuries that they... That they... That have accumulated over the years of them fighting. And they go to take care of those things. I totally get that. You're not competing or whatever. But when I see current fighters on the USADA testing pool and then they travel to other countries especially for quote-unquote rehab and stuff like that, I have questions. And I, you can, and I know you have to let USADA know or whatever the case may be. I have questions. But those questions can be asked later on. Uh, there, no rush, no rush right now, but eventually those can't, questions will be answered. So the top stories. Fedor has no regrets for fighting for the UFC. Sure. Sure he made a lot of money. So Farewell. There's gonna be a lot of fighters there to watch. Randy Couture, Horace Gracie, Chuck Liddell, more. He's a fighter's fighter, so people have like fighters have the what a fighter's fighter means is fighters have the respect or have he has fighters respect. So to you it might not be a Connor fight, or to the casual it might not be a Connor fight. So it means nothing to them, or it doesn't mean any like it doesn't mean anything to Connor fans or casual fans. But every fighter's fighter knows that this guy has done so much for the sport at the heavyweight division, and deserves the utmost respect. Also, leaving with one of the coolest fight names. What happened to all the cool fight names? Should do a whole episode on that. What happened to all the cool fight names? The Last Emperor. 
What a cool name. Shogun Hua. What a cool fucking name. <clears throat> no more no more cool fight names. Sugar? We already have a sugar. We already had Sugar Shod. It's like copied names. I don't know. There's no more cool ones. That's all I can say. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky doesn't want to hear excuses about no Khabib Nurmagomedov after he wins UFC 284. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Tough. So this is something that came into the recent news. Conor McGregor's return with Michael Chandler. Possible. He might do a, the Ultimate Fighter season because he posted something about like, what a great thing the ultimate fighter pictures were and everyone's like oh my god is he doing the ultimate fighter no man this guy just might be reminiscing on a night of you know fun fun with the lads but michael chandler shutting down any talks of connor and tony so which matchup do i like better hmm. do i like the tony or do i like the michael chandler matchup Well, hmm, now it doesn't even matter because if, if Connor beats Tony, you can be like, oh, well, the last person to beat Tony was Nate, so it only makes sense to do the trilogy. However, Nate's, as we know, not in the or not in the UFC anymore. So I guess you could do the Tony fight. If Connor wins that, then it opens up the door for Connor and Nate to do something outside of the UFC. But the Michael Chandler for the UFC aspect makes a little bit more sense because of how charismatic Michael Chandler is. And it's like, he's more casual, casual, palatable. But I see both those fights just being tee-ups for Connor. If we get the same Connor as the Eddie Alvarez fight. I mean, I, to have huh. Connor is a different fighter now. He's not the same in and out fighter as he used to be. He's like very boxing heavy. <clears throat> I don't know what happened to him. I do, I do not know. I don't know where his martial art mentality changed. I don't. Used to be kick heavy. I mean, shit. His last knockout against Donald Cerrone head kick so I don't I don't know what happened I don't know if it's the weight gain or whatever that doesn't make him feel as in and out but I don't know um, oh yeah Jake Paul and PFL Um, yeah, so th another big thing that happened in the news, Logan Paul and KSI has a, have a, have a sports drink company called Prime. Sports drink company called Prime. I've seen some stuff about it. First, I hear it's super popular in the UK, like something crazy, like, uh, you can't get it. So, uh, I mean, people play, pay out the ass to get like that drink. Um, they pay more than you would for Gatorade. And it's essentially the same thing. And then I've also seen 
research on it and we all and it's now public re i mean it's public knowledge of it it's a sugary water drink it has no recovery value it has nothing so has no sport benefit at all it's just a sugary drink it's like worse than gatorade um the ufc has partnered with them and now has changed the red corner and the blue corner to the hydration zones or whatever and so that's what these these tweets are about jake's obviously his own person and he goes and does his boxing thing with tommy fury um he has zero involvement with the drink because it's like a ksi and thing KSI and Logan Paul thing and then Logan Paul just following up saying that he's going to share the revenue with UFC fighters and maybe but you know what it's going to be it's going to just be another bonuses it's going to be it's going to be prime bonuses or something like that and if you do something cool or if you do something that's worth Logan Paul's investment he'll put he'll like give you money the fact that they're even doing this with Logan Paul and is crazy to me. He just went through a whole crypto thing. For all that don't know, go check out Logan Paul on YouTube, CoffeeZilla. There's a whole thing about it. I'm, I'm, I've got no life, so I watched a lot of it. And this dude scammed a lot of people out of his money and then like tried to say that he didn't and and people want to say, like, people want to say, or, or people want to point the blame, like, oh, it was this guy, or it wasn't Logan, it was this other guy. And it's like, listen, if you're getting into crypto and then trying to get other people to buy into it, you're like Bernie Madoff, or yeah, you're like Bernie Madoff, but dumber. The guys at Enron had a more complicated scheme going on than any of these crypto things. So I'm more on the I'm more on the fence of scamming I'm more on the fence of like the scamming law of like if this kind of stuff gets you you deserve to be scammed. Because it's not complicated. The FTX stuff is not complicated. It's a pyramid scheme. NFTs are a pyramid scheme. And they're not complicated pyramid schemes. So when you see someone that gets into this stuff all of a sudden, quick cash now kind of idea, just know it's got no quality and it's meant to burn you and make them money. I... So the fact that now he's got this drink stuff that it's also a scam. It's not a sports drink. It's not. It's a sugary water drink that has no benefit to athleticism or to like athletics or whatever. And now you're going to brand it to people that are into the M into the MMA world. And they're going to be drinking that the way that they would drink Gatorade and go and get my electrolytes. No electrolyte benefit in it. None. You're scamming more people. I don't like these guys in the sport. I don't like the Nelk boys in the sport because all it is is it's just a quick cash grab and it's pandering to an audience of people that have no idea what the sport's about who would never step into a fucking gym to do any of this stuff. They pander to more of like 
the John Morgans of the world who have a better time sitting behind a desk talking about this would never do a Sunday jujitsu class with their with kids because they're too lazy and they might as well just drink awful sports drinks and drink dad bod seltzers. So high and I'm sure soy. And then they want to, they want, and it's, it's mixed martial arts. This is why Bellator, and this is why 1FC, even though they're 300 million long in the hole, um, 1FC, PFL, in my mind, are the way to go if you're a professional fighter. Get out of this, dude. This has become NASCAR, but not even in a way that the fighters can appreciate it. Like, at least before they're like, well, we don't want fighter shorts because it looks like NASCAR in there. At least they're making fucking money. I don't even care if there's Condom Depot on the side of it. Right? Because if you're sponsored if Justin Gaethje's getting sponsored by Trojan, what's the difference than a guy wearing condom depot on his butt? It's the same thing. It's just that a guy that you don't want making money is making money. It seems like a very world economic forum way of thinking. Oh, that guy's drinking a Coca-Cola. He shouldn't be able to have the same Coca-Cola I have. Give me that. I should have everything. So now you're bringing in these outside sponsors that clearly the UFC older fans don't like and don't want, but somehow to pander to this younger crowd that's not going to pay for the pay-per-views. Dana, who are you doing this for? 20-something-year-olds in college that aren't going to pay for pay-per-views? Hell, 30-year-olds aren't paying for pay-per-views. And then you're going to raise the price of pay-per-views expecting that like all this partnership's going to play? No. And then you're going to slap your wife in and bring in slap boxing. Dude. Your company is going to die. Just keep keep it going. Keep it going. Or it doesn't and it succeeds, and then that's just a point to how this society is crumbling. But I don't I don't do videos on that anymore. Unless you guys want me to. Then I'll talk way I'll talk way more about how we're at the end of uh we're at the end of it. End of an empire. To be honest, this is really this is really just what I want. I just want Brandon Moreno versus Alexander Pantoja and get this flyweight belt going. I didn't as much as I wanted I, I was like predicting Figgy to win in Brazil. And like if he won in Brazil, I'd expect like a huge knockout and crowd go crazy and it would have been some cool awesome scene i really at that when i was watching the fight and they called the doctor in most of the time i'm like oh well please don't stop the fight in this case it was the first time i was like if you stop the fight thank 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 god because we can just move on we can move on with this we can get alexander pantoja versus um brandon moreno which i'm pretty sure Pantoja won the first time back in 2018. I was in Canada. I was in Canada. Oh, no, wait. I wasn't. No, Maya versus Usman. No, I was in. No, 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 no. The Maya versus RDA. I was four in Canada. I miss Montreal. I want good food. Good, good. Mapule. I want that, that rotisserie chicken. Uh, Jerry Prohoshka. Recovering. 
if there's anyone that's going to recover like a monster, it's this guy. Like, the Tony Ferguson level of, like, all he's going to do is dedicate himself to recovery so he can get back in there. This guy. This is light heavyweight Tony Ferguson. Raven. Okay. Cool. Morning report. Done. Anything else? Oh, the... The PF talking about PFL uh, matchups have been made for the first round of the season. Uh, once again, uh, uh, bravo to PFL. I love this. I love the way that they do this. So all the champions pretty much want pretty much fight. So like they pretty much not fight the 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 like the champ fights the champ from the last season fights i think the person with the least amount of points from the from the season before as well and since marlon marais and shane burgos they didn't fight like they get put against the guy that won the title in the last fight i love that dude i absolutely love the way the pfl is going about it they're taking a almost premier soccer league kind of take on on MMA and I like that and if I was to expand on it it if the UFC was gonna do something like that what I would do is I I think I've talked about this before X every fighter in each division except for the top 20 every season bring in a new person to start it off against one in 20 and seasons, you do seasons, you go back to seasons, not fights all the time. So then you can build up some, some want for the sport rather than being, having the gluttony of, of UFC every weekend. Bring it back. Someone tries to fight themselves into the, into the rankings. And then for the rest of the season, you just have like the seeds, different seeds fight each other. March Madness style. So, I mean, it's, but see, like, you clearly see that they don't want that. They don't, they'd rather just acquire everything. UFC is a quality over quantity. UFC is a quality or a quantity over quality kind of company. They acquire all the fighters that they can, all the sponsorships that they can, but in turn, that doesn't allow any trickle down for the other fighters and they take from every fighter right rather than giving them quality um i can keep talking about fighter pay it's less than fighter pay it's more really bad financial decisions the ufc are taking the fighter pay will just the reason why they can't just pay the fighters more is because it'll it'll show that it, it'll put them in the hole and they will go out of business because they're spending their money on all these like dumb mother acquisitions um, that you don't really see. The primes, one of them, is a is a is like in your face because Logan Paul's so into the social media stuff. But 
what was it? Timex watches. If I could do a poll, I'd be like, who owns a Timex watch? I think they're now into Manscaped too. It's like, I get Manscaped, whatever, but you want to know where all the money's going. You want to know where all the money's going. Uh, Lauren Senko is going to make her first pay-per-view call as a lady. UFC's first lady making calls. Oh my god. Glass ceiling broken. Stunning and brave. Stunning and brave. Um... Derek Lewis looking great before his fight. Probably cracking 240. Did a lot of running. Did a lot more cardio. I don't know if necessarily that's going to help. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, belt or... Gilbert Burns versus uh, Jorge Masvidal. Love that fight. We also have Israel Asanya 2 versus... Or Israel versus Alex Pajara 2. That was announced. And Leon Edwards versus Kamar Usman 2. Gilbert Burns versus Jorge is interesting. Because it doesn't necessarily mean title implication after. Which is crazy because Gilbert Burns kind of... Is getting himself into that position. This is kind of like a little bit of a pit stop for him. Make some money. In between the fact that he's going to have to fight a Colby or a Bilal after Jorge in order to fight for the title again. Or maybe Usman again or Leon Edwards, depending on who wins. But this gives him a little bit of like financial security. He fights Jorge Masvidal, gets a little bit of financial security, allows him to then focus on fighting for the next, fighting for the, against the next top contender. Because we all know, like, Jorge Masvidal's not going to fight for the championship game. If he beats Gilbert, he would still have to go against Bilal, or he'd have to go against Leon Edwards, or he'd have to go against somebody. And I just, I think that's enough, right? Whereas Gilbert, this is kind of just like a gift, right? He beat Wonderboy. Not easy. He made Neil Magny look easy. Uh, I forget who else he beat. Maybe that was just it. But the point being is he like beat really two tough fighters that gave that did nothing for him. They, they it would have done more for them if 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 they won. So it's kind of nice that they're giving it to him. See, it's like this is what I'm saying with the Ngannou thing too. It's not that the USC doesn't give money. It's just like their way of doing it is earn it. I can respect a little bit of like earn your money, but. When they're fighting in the cage anyways, it's like you don't really have to earn your money anymore. Just give them some damn money. <laughs> you don't have to be like, oh, if you want to make a million dollars, I got an idea for you. And you're like, I'm going to be the first sponsor, for, fighter sponsor for Prime? No, 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 no. You'll be, you'll be fighting Jorge Masvidal. And we, know all, and we all know how well his pay-per-views do. So you'll probably get a little bit of a percentage of that. It's like, but I still have to fight Jorge Masvidal? Well, I mean, of course. I'll fight him, but 
all for some pay-per-view points? Of course. Um, the Johnny Eblen versus Anton Anton Anatoly Tokov is a cool fight. Interesting fight because Anatoly Tokov is Fedor school Russian, right? Sambo, typical Russian. And then Johnny Eblen is like this newer age tra wrestling transition phenom for MMA. He has a really high wrestling credentials. He has really high wrestling credentials. On top of that, his transitions aren't just like overhand right to a double leg. It's evolved thanks to the help of Daryl Christensen. Daryl Christensen. If anyone has some Greco-Roman wrestling questions or body lock questions, if you're trying to get good as, as you can at body locks and MMA, I highly recommend for any amateur or young professional fighter, go check out Daryl Christensen. I think you can find his stuff on Dynamic Striking or BJJ Fanatics. Once again, that is Daryl Christensen. He does really good work of like transitioning back and forth hands. So, so it's very hard. Because the, the whole old school of overhand right double leg, as people get better, being able to see the, the level changing and timing, um, people are ending up getting caught between those transitions whereas with daryl christensen you can't, there's a constant movement that's gonna be very hard to catch someone in that transition and if you do you can always just transition out that's pretty pretty interesting stuff Ugh. all right bj pen time these are my favorite Scott Coker in talks with Luke Rockhold. I like. Luke Rockhold back to his boy Scott Coker. I like that. Go to Bellator, dude. Go to Bellator. Say you're a shill for the UFC without saying you're a shill for the UFC. Go. Anthony Smith can't get enough of Dana White's Power Slap League. Shares excitement for pay-per-view event. I will pay I pay it. I don't care how much it costs. I was thinking about I was thinking about this the other day. Whenever you whenever you watch like people do interviews on shows, like a Joe Rogan, for example. I gonna make an ass out of you and me potentially. I assume. That they may say some things before the interview, like off camera, especially if there's like controversy or something surrounding them. Like, hey, let's not talk about this. And with those kinds of shows, since like this show, for example, since it's not live, I guess you could just get it cut out. So there's no point in bringing it up. But if you're on a live show and someone goes, let's not talk about this, talk about it. For the love of God, bring it up and make them uncomfortable. Please. You want to flip scripts? You want to make money? Do that. Don't ever let anyone dictate your life and don't ever kiss anyone's boot. So when you see stuff like this, 
Anthony Smith, who fights in MMA, go, I'll do anything, right? To watch Power Slap leave. When it's clearly a lie, and he has to say it through his teeth, because someone pays his bills. Don't be that person. Be your own person. Now, he may really like Power Slap, and in that way, clearly he and I don't have the same taste in things. That's fine. But to say some statement like, I can't get enough of Dana White's, or I can't get enough. I will pay. I will pay for it. I don't care how much it costs. One, your talking point for Dana White saying you're going to pay for pay-per-views. We know UFC fighters don't pay for pay-per-views. Unless they're on it. No, that would make sense. Um, especially since they're not making any money. And if he, and if he is paying for that, it's like, dude, that is clearly a Dana White, like, say this line. No, it's like, no, I'm still talking about this. We're still talking about this. This is why I'm not worried about fighting, fighting without Khabib at UFC 284. Stop talking about Khabib. He's done. He's not in this anymore. It's Makachev. It's the other Nurmagomedovs. We have other people to talk about. Stop talking about Khabib. It's annoying. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, he fought in UFC. Talk about other fighters that fought in UFC too. No, you don't want to? Okay. This is my problem. Eddie Hearn confirms talks underway with Francis to make Anthony Johnson in clash. And if Anthony picks apart Francis Ngannou the way Stipe did with his striking, but or the way that Stipe did with wrestling but was striking, um, he may make that one payday, but there goes all, all of that hype. There goes your name, dude. You made a lot of money. Congratulations. You're a professional boxer. You'll be like Chisora. Who? Yeah, exactly. He's like a top heavyweight. But no one ever talks about him. Congratulations. You could have been the greatest heavyweight. But no. Could have been the greatest MMA heavyweight. But no. Wanted quick cash. I want my cash now. See? Listen, man, Sean's getting... But Sean's really starting to creep up as being a, a... I'm starting to like the kid, right? I don't... I say kid, I mean, he's as old as I am. Um, the Petrion fight surprised me. I was like, all right, damn. Okay. Definitely, like, could have gone either way. Fight, right? It's all dependent on how you as the judge... But it wasn't, like, egregiously Petra was winning the fight. Like, Sean brought the fight to him. He did very, very well. Which is more of like who you thought what it was a very that one started bringing me over to the side and then saying stuff like this man he's a big money maker for the UFC I'm not a fan of it shit's dumb good yeah good it's what you want you want these people saying stuff who gives a shit what Anthony Smith says when John O'Malley says this 
Oh, you're you're going to Columbia too, just like where uh, your your next opponent went. I'm um, red flags, red flag on the field, red flag on the field. Okay, let's time to break down these fights, baby. So. I'm going to be 100 with you. Probably not even going to talk about these prelim cards. They're all shadow people. Oh, no, these guys have some... Those are colored in shadow people. They're all like Dana White Contender Series or... No, wait, what was it? They're from the... Oh, that's what this is. I think they're from... What were they on? The road to road to UFC tournament finals are set. This is what it is. The road to the UFC tournament. It's like a, it's a Asian Dana White contender series sort of thing. It's a bunch of fighters, and they all like, I guess they're yeah, flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, lightweight, welterweight fights. Well, no, not this one, but these. I think these are all the the finals. So whoever wins this, I don't know what it means for them, but they win. Um, the road to UFC or whatever. I guess they get a UFC contract. Where's this fight taking place? I'll look up in a little bit. All right, so we'll just go top down uh, instead of going... Uh, no, we'll go. We'll go up. We'll go bottom to top. I'll end with Derek Lewis. So you suck. You Kinoshida versus Adam Fuggin. Uh, I'm doing. Do one second. I'm going to look up this dude's. You Oh no, you Um All right. We're going to discuss this real quick so this ends this night with an incredible tko at dana white oh so he's a dana white contender series guy let's see how he money does. a chance to flourish Ooh, all right nice nice little pawing slip Ooh, ooh, look at that connor <laughs> this is a... this is a Okay, so on a technical aspect, let me break this down for you. This is this is Conor this is Conor McGregor 1.0 or like this is Conor McGregor. Okay, so he's throwing the left hand. Can I even see this? This thing out of the way. He's throwing the left hand. This guy's got his foot on Yusaku's foot. So, Kinoshita's going to be able to pull. And he gets that read, and he parries. Parries a good job. 
Left, he throws the right hand, you parry, you move to the same side he just threw. Right? You you move to the side that they just threw their punch because they have to reload and refire. Now, look at the foot placement this time. Now, this is a dead concept of like inside foot. It's all about the foot placement on the southpaw. Not even that either. Kinoshita has top hand control, which is what Connor does. Top hand control. And foot on the outside. Using the top hand control, he gets him to throw his left. See? Just through that top hand control, he can frame. And all this space. Right? That's what Connor did. He would touch your top hand. And touching your top hand only elicits the response for someone when they don't... This guy thinks he's cheeky. Because he's like, oh. I'm going to give him the look of uh, the left hook first. Instead of just like, oh, he's, he's getting me to bait, so I'm going to throw the top hand. I'm going to throw that hand. No, dude, he... He throws the hook. You'd only throw the hook if he's taking a step to your right or to your left. To be honest, what would have been a good feint, what would have actually done uh, Henrique, Henrique more service would have been if he fainted the left hand or fainted his right hand and threw the left hook. Kind of like Jan Blakovich. But this is classic Conor McGregor. I mean, you just, you just touch the top hand until they plant. He's only throwing the left hook to throw his right hand. You know he's going to throw his right hand. You know. You're putting yourself in the position to get your right hand thrown at you. And to me, it's less Kinoshita. Um, in my mind, it's like, obviously, he capitalized. He did a very good job on that. But to me, it's more the other fighter not being knowledgeable in the striking realm. Duo Choi versus Kyle. Actually, let's look up Adam. Hmm. Three years ago. I think, yeah, it looks like uh, he may have lost his last fight. Yeah, this might be a fight for Kunishita to. Yeah, for Kunishita to win. If I'm Adam Fuggett, I'm I'm just trying to score take. I'm trying to score takedown. I'm gonna I'm gonna try, but I don't think this guy. I don't think Adam's got a. I don't think his striking is gonna be able to pull that off. Sadly, you know. USA. <laughs> uh, Duo Choi versus Kyle Nelson. Kyle Nelson, when was the last time he fought? Jai Herbert. Lost to a decision. 
Why don't why does he sound familiar? Colin Olsen, 13 years Yeah, he's been fighting for a while. See? See? I'm not. Yeah. He's been in the UFC for a while. Since yeah, Holloway. I lost that Diego Ortega. I mean just based off his record, New Choi might be a lot. But same age. I don't know. I like Duo Choi. I've been a fan of this, but they're kind of as um I would say Duo Choi. Yeah. Then you have Blagoy Ivanov versus Marcin Tybora. This is actually a really good fight at the heavyweight division just because um Blagoy is kind of a sneaky guy. He's like got a win over Ty. He's got a win over Ben Rothwell. And they're all decisions. This guy can take a hit. And that's the thing about him. He can take a hit. He's a world... He's where Justin Gaethje's from. He was a world... He was a champion there. He beat... Actually, bring it all the way back. He beat Fedor in Sambo. Zombo champion. Got stabbed. But Marchine's been doing work, I think. He's been, yeah, decision. I was in there. Yeah, he beat this dude. And this guy was a big up and coming guy. <clears throat> I don't know how he won <clears throat> how he won the fight, but I don't remember watching him. But this guy, he beat uh if Marchine's beaten this guy, he's his mindset is he's he's trying to get trying to get that win. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm only a year older, but I like, I like that he beat this, the young up-and-comer guy. That, to me, means a lot. But boy's a tough son of a bitch. But Marcin by decision might be a good pick. Devin Clark versus John Dutton. Mike Rodriguez, Noxville got submitted. That guy went to a draw with Sam Alvey. Interesting. Knocked out Kenny and Noam. And Juku. Beat William Knight. Can't really fault him for losing a stand-up. But it seems like he's a, he's a stand-up fighter. <clears throat> and Devin Clark, heavy wrestler. Um, might be a good fight for Devin Clark. If he can take, if Devin Clark can take Jung down, good fight for him. If he can't, then Jung might just piece him up. Like it's classic wrestler versus striker, or grappler versus striker situation. Mm, maybe Jung. I, I don't know. And then Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. Uh, 
I'm just. I think Derek Lewis. Uh, obviously, Sergey. I watched his. I watched his. Uh, Greg Hardy fight. I mean, he's very impressive. I mean, he's beaten Ty. He's beaten a lot of those guys. Um. Yeah, he knocked out Augusta Sakai. Knocked out TKO. That TKO them. The Tom Aspinall beat him. Knocked him out. She can't say the same as like Derek. Derek loses that same guy. But see, Walt Harris knocked him out. Derek Lewis, to me, I feel as though his ability, his just ability, one, to corral a person, and then two, take down defense. And Sergey's, I don't think Sergey's going to have an easy time of holding him down. Yeah, you can argue what Daniel Cormier did might be his path to victory, but I think Daniel Cormier is just a different. I think Daniel Cormier also is better submission ability and i think he's better he got better top control sergey yeah when he gets the full mount he's got control but the like greg hardy got up right you know what i mean so he took greg hardy down greg got up and then it was only until he fell into full mount on greg that he didn't he wasn't able to get up but i don't think Derek's gonna be that easy to just hold down could you? Could he try to get Derek to quit? You could, but if Curtis Blades isn't taking him down, and Derek seems like he's got a new fire under, and Derek with fire is a scary fighter, so he's coming off of two losses too. So it's a dangerous fight for Sergey in the in the biggest way. I'm always gonna ride with Derek Lewis. Actually, he's coming off. Of, yeah, he's coming off of one one loss. No, two losses. I'm right. Two losses. So, I feel Derek biggest way trying to make that, trying to make that get that win back. You know, I'm gonna go Derek Lewis knockout easy. But we have to look forward to Islam versus Alexander Volkanovsky. I'll break that down. Um, when I next week, I'll break that down. That's a. I mean, that's a that's a card. Nice card. Mm, nice card. Nice card you got there. It's a nice card. All right. Well, that's all I got for you guys today and gals. Um, like I said, if you'd like to come train with me, sunscrapnation.com. For more, you can follow me on all my socials, Southern Scrap Nation, Daniel Jonas, if you want to find me there. Uh, other than that, catch Xavier, this man right here, fighting next weekend. And, oh, and Dave Fitzgerald, guest of the podcast, and someone who, I and brother of mine, and coach kickboxing and everything. He's fighting the week after that. Uh... Hope you all enjoyed today's episode. I know it was uh, kind of a rainy day, kind of not low energy, but uh, I'm trying. I'm trying today. Hope you all like my masturbation shirt. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the fights. Don't stay up too late. Hopefully they go by fast. And for those that are not in this part of the world that can watch them during the day, congrats to you. Um, yeah. Until next time, stay safe. 
and oh spotify soundcloud this is on youtube watch it on youtube hit that subscribe button subscribe like hit that noti bell till next time bye bye